You're listening to the Deadly Uncle Podcast. A safe space for Deadly Uncle Conversations. So next up on our list, we have Curtis Cardinal, the owner of TP Treats. Yeah, we, uh, we're going to talk to Curtis, talk about the work he does in the community, and you can learn a little bit about his journey from homelessness to selling Bannock out of, the back, out of his backpack, all the way to his dining restaurant and collab right here in Edmondson. What's your elevator pitch for Curtis Cardinal? (laughs) So, um, yeah, I guess uh, I got into this this business by, um, I guess, you know, hard work. I, I, you know, I've been um, wanting to do something for a long time and I, I, you know, help with um, my mother. She used to cook when she when I was like in it four years old grade one I remember going to her restaurant and helping her uh, at lunchtime and and working on um the lunch orders there it was called uh Beachway Cafe or something in Slave Lake a long time ago <laughs> but um I've always had cooking in my blood um my aunties help you know because I I've, I've watched them um you know, many of them were cooks and would volunteer their cooking or would uh, cook at big functions in Wabaska. Um, so at first I wanted to be a, a huge rap star, ah. <laughs> but uh, like that didn't work out. Uh, I, I kind of, you know, was lost in addictions for a long time. I had to uh, snap out of it and work my way out of uh, being at rock bottom. So, you know, cooking helped me heal in a way that, um, you know, I, when I cook, it, it, it takes me away from, from everything else that's going on around me, um, like negative things. Um, when I was younger, my parents would always drink, and they'd, you know, like on weekends, and um, I would keep myself busy by picking up the mess. You know, like there's like bottles everywhere and cans and this huge mess and huge, um, you know, like a lot of cans and bottles everywhere. So I'd, I'd clean up the mess. Um, so I think with this business that helps me heal, I know it can heal others. I know it, it does, you know, it, it's just... Um, because bannock is a comfort food, so most of our dishes are um, like infused with bannock uh, or come with bannock, and the soups. You know, um, we get people coming in uh, to the kitchen that have, you know, they say, "Okay, this reminded me of my my mom when I was younger." You know, like the bannock smell or the or, or the, the soup, yeah, or yeah, their cookum, yeah, or their cookum, yeah. So. Um, you know, it, it helped. So I'm helping heal in that way other people that are coming in. So it's really, uh, it's really amazing to, uh, to, um, to be doing this right now. What's the name of your business? We didn't even so say Treats, that at the start. <laughs> TP Treats Indigenous Cuisine is, is there the name. There we go. Um, how I got that name was I used to sell my Vatican backpacks at powwows every every summer when I started I think it was 2009 or 2010 um, I would just make 
a whole bunch of bank and and pack it into two backpacks and they'd head out I'd find a ride out to wherever the powwow was and yeah um and sell it out there but then there's one time so there was this one time I got caught by like people that were like they were going around looking for people selling stuff that weren't supposed to um I called them the the Bannock police <laughs> the Bannock cops are coming that, that might be uh that's that's a really catchy name you might have to like make something out of the Bannock police my friend you should do you should write a rap about the Bannock police <laughs> the Bannock police so they came around and like they were asking well we're, you know we're, I need your like your um like they need a permit and all this stuff and I was like well, I don't have one <laughs> so, yeah so they basically chased me out of there but on my way out there was this teepee and so I went behind this teepee and and I posted I think on my Facebook I said I'm over here by this teepee if you're yeah, you're here at this powwow mm-hmm. to get bannock right? so, <laughs> so they wouldn't catch me yeah you're on the outskirts yeah <laughs> and so I was looking at this teepee and like like I need to like because I was thinking of a name before that, like in about a month, I was looking for a name, trying to figure out a good name. And then uh, this teepee, it was like right in front of me, and I was like just sitting there waiting for someone to, to come get Bannock because they had messaged me. And then I, was just, I stared at this teepee for a while, and I was like, hey, this is like I was going through different names, teepee something, teepee. Um, like TP Cafe or TP something, and I and, and uh, TP Treats caught, caught yeah. my my ear my, when I was saying it. You know, it rolls good things. off your tongue. Yeah, yeah, it rolls good <laughs> off your tongue, and and it is a treat. Like yeah, you, you um, everybody that you know comes out. There, I'd have to treat it as a treat for sure. <laughs> yeah, that comes to the the dining. Like, oh, you have some good treats. Yeah, they're so good. I love your bag treats. So, you know, like I and. Also, with that, I I designed a logo with the teepees and like uh, I wanted it to be like um, like kind of like a medicine wheel kind of design because I went to school for um, for um, digital design school. What was in 2010 too? I was going through all that uh, stuff with alcohol and yeah, and I was like, and then you know that came up. So I, so I put a Facebook page up in 2010 teepee treats already like i knew what what i was gonna do um then so after that was was um yeah it was a different story like i i kind of uh went through the alcohol and drugs and you know it's been a long it's been a long journey and i can't i can't, uh, I can't describe how how well it's going and it's just no words. There's so much support, and you know, people are, people are loving the food. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. How does it feel to you know contribute to your community, and and you know you're you're employing people too as well. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, um, like to me, community is a big part of my life and a big part of how I got sober. So. Um, I had, had went to Boyle Street when I was like at my lowest point. I went there and I sat there at lunchtime and I was like, I was basically had nowhere to go, no money, 
like just my my bag and full of clothes. So I was like, I need to change my life around. I don't know what to do. And then um, I met uh, what the heck is her name? One of the one of the counselors there. Totally forgot her name. But anyway, she you know she pointed me in the right direction um, about what I needed to do about how how to get it you know into rehab and then from rehab just to get my own place um, and then you know be be uh, like just like just you know not to be so what's that word again because um, I was always moving place to place I was oh, always like stable yeah I need to surfing. be stable yeah. like on how to, to be stable you know yeah. my whole life because I was I must have moved into like 40 to 50 different places all in northern Alberta. Uh, my parents split up when I was four. Um, so I was either living with one parent, like moving back and forth, and then to my grandparents, and then like to my aunties when I was older. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how my life was has been for like how many years? And that's all in the Edmonton area here? Well, it's all northern Alberta. Northern Alberta. Yeah. So when you were at your lowest point and you went to Boyle Street and you said this woman helped guide you into certain areas, were there any, like, um, men-specific programs available for you at the time to, like, just, like, get together with other men and talk about your addictions and talk about the problems that led you to your addictions? Because that's kind of what we're trying to do here is yeah. provide a platform for men to feel that it's okay to talk about this stuff and it's okay, and to show people that people overcome this, right? Like people overcome that lowest point and they find their way through and they can become successful such as yourself, right? I don't recall uh, if there was any men's programs back then, but uh, the one of the programs she did guide me to was the Homer Trust uh, Housing, um, something housing. Housing but, uh, first. Housing first. So that was the program I went to. That's okay, my girl. Here you go. You could grab that. Go watch that, please. Thank you. So it was housing first that uh, she introduced me to. So what I needed to do was how to get my stuff together. And, like, um, what I needed to do was because uh, I was on income support. Yep. And then needed to, like, go through them and then I actually worked for Homer Trust for five years I know oh, it's, nice. it's a really good program for people to get into so tell it actually yeah. from your perspective because I can tell it from my perspective but that's the other side right so it's good for people to hear somebody talk about them. sorry I didn't mean to interrupt yeah, your so, train of thought yeah so no I um, that program just like really changed my life because the first place I had got was through them through Homer Trust and and like I went to rehab th three different times at Poundmakers Lodge. The first two I was like lost and like I didn't really work on myself. I didn't try to work on myself. I just went and you know that was it. I came out, hung around with the same people, and then um, started drinking again and stuff. So and then the second time I did the same thing. The third time was when um, I went through the the housing uh, first program. Housing first program. Yeah, so it was um, it was really life changing for me because when I when I got into my first apartment, you know they would help me with like uh, whatever I needed help with, um, whether it be you know um, rides or laundry or whatever. And I think that uh, when when I did move in there, my train of thought kind of switched 
you know, like, because I was always struggling. I was always used to struggling. There, I just, I could, I could, I had my own space, you know, it was my space. I could do whatever I want. I could, basically, it was a, a new beginning for me. So starting from beginning, um, as a being a sober person, so eventually went to uh, different, um, like, I was going to um, AA, I was going to meetings, um, I started working as a roofer in the summer, I did that, um, and then like music, music would also, while I was in Poundmakers, music helped me like heal also, because I was writing in there, and I was, you know, writing songs in there, and I was... Um, you know, I was, I was learning more about myself than I ever was when I was drinking. That's awesome. And just an aside for people that are watching and want to know more about the Housing First program, there are a few things that you need to qualify for the Housing First program. One, one of the things is that you have to be homeless for at least a year, but that's not homeless in the sense that everybody thinks. That means you haven't you can't have had a, a lease in your name for at least a year. One thing that most people don't understand, especially in the indigenous community, is that we have a huge homeless population of people that huge, live with their yeah. families as well. Yeah. Like we have yeah. a huge hidden homeless population, people that live in their auntie's basements or whatever, people that all those people qualify for housing first if they go in and ask for the supports. It takes time to get through the list or whatever to get assigned to a team. But what they do do is like Curtis said, is they help you with damage deposit, your first month's rent. They help you with a rental subsidy for the first year of your thing. They help you with start up groceries, start up furniture through fine furniture bank. Honestly, I, I've seen it change many lives and I've seen there've been struggles with the program as well. But I do believe that yeah. if you are in a situation that you need help with, it's, it doesn't hurt to go out and ask for help. Like that's yeah. Looking that's back, yeah. looking back at that, I just i i don't realize how much help how much they helped me. You know, like it was it was really needed for me back then because um, I didn't know how to do some stuff. You know, yeah. like I, no one's you go from living um, like couch couch surfing out on the street and then yeah. uh, right into your your own space. It's kind of hard to like um, figure out what you know, what you can and cannot do. But you learn fast because, okay, well, I can't do that, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. And but, you find out right away, right? Like yeah. your landlord contacts your yeah. worker, and then sometimes oh, sometimes they're able to negotiate your you to be able to stay there, right? Like they, they explain to your landlord that you're in a period of transition, that they'll help you with any problems you're having in the building, and it doesn't always work out, but most of the time it does. Like it, it works for people to help them get situated like you said like re yeah. get your mind into that set of this is my place this is what i can do this i'm safe here right and that's a big thing for a lot of people is finding safety right it's yeah. amazing i just want to quickly check something boys just quickly pause this <laughs> make sure that oh that's it shuts off sometimes he's just gonna hit record again yeah it's good i'm just gonna redo it Sorry about that, boys. Yeah, so this is where learning learning, and um, trying to find yourself comes in. And this is where um, I was doing different things, like music, and I was, I was doing, um, like, just odd jobs. And here and there, while I was at that place, my uh, first place, my first apartment, 
I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and then but cooking was always in the in the back burner, right? It was always there. I knew that I loved to do it because the first time I ever made bannock, I just my my dad's uh, it was my dad's ex girlfriend, so she's like, Curtis, make some bannock. I know I know you know how to make it. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't <laughs> know how to make it. And I don't know how old I was, like sixteen, fifteen. And then she said, sure you do. Just go. I'll, I'll show you what you need to put in it. Um, so the first time I made bannock, it was really good. It was really, like she said, it was like some of the best bannock she ever had. So going back to my that apartment is when I met, uh, well, Ian, has, Ian uh, glad you was always, you know, we're, we're cousins. And then... <laughs> That's when Ian was like, came up to me, I think it was 2013, he's like, hey, um, so I'm going to start this food truck or this food cart downtown. Um, he knew I was already making Bannock before then, since 2010, and I was always I was doing my own thing. Um, so he, he said, hey, would you like to help me, you know, would you like to get something really awesome started? So I said, yeah, sure, let's do it, let's do it. And I looked at the cart, it was like a little tiny cart like (laughs) 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 I was like okay okay this might work you know this might work um so I worked with him for three years about three years but in the beginning it's funny because I was making in that same apartment I called it my little bannock factory and I had like fryers (laughs) here over here kind of like how this is this is our little factory yeah so, so, so like I had like three four fryers and I and I'd uh, just make bannock in there all summer. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Yeah, so it was like, um, you know, so you, once you get sober, you you find what, you know, you kind of find your way. You have to, like, maneuver around or you, you have to, like, search for what it is that your heart desires, right? I mean, for you, it's music. Um not sure what it what it is you do, but I'm, I'm sure. a musician as well. And yeah, music too. So, you know, um, once you get sober, you find yourself basically. But it doesn't happen right away. It could happen like four or five years later. But you know, you manifest what what you what you say or what you pray about. But you also got to put a lot of work. Um, you got to do a lot of work on yourself. You know, you got to put in that effort, like 50, 60%, 70% effort, and the rest will fall into place. Totally, totally. What's your, uh, you know, uh, you were talking about, um, you know, your logo and stuff, and I see you have a, mm-hmm. a really awesome medallion here. Can you tell us a bit about that and who made it and... It's really awesome. It's huge. It's pretty so, cool. Yeah, so I designed a logo. Um, I redesigned it. I had a cheap logo with just like a teepee and like some lettering. A real Chimax teepee was really small. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so Fridna Orr uh, made this uh, last year for me. It's really awesome. Fridna Orr, she's from Demeray, uh, back back where I used to live, back home. The logo, I it took me, I think it was five, six hours. I did it in one day. I was like, I knew what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, the redesign was, was already in my head. I just had to put the pieces together. And I sat there and 
So in the morning, I just got on the computer. I was like, okay, well, this is what I want. It was all in my head. Boom, boom, I put it all together. And it, it just so happened to turn out so amazing. Like, it just, the the brand of, like, Tipi Treats Indigenous Cuisine, it's it's so, it's eye-popping. It's like the name is, is, is um, what catches people also. But not only that, there's like a, feathers on here there's teepees nice. you know there's arrows uh, it has a little fork and a spoon in the middle there um it just it just means a lot to me it, not only food it means culture too you yeah. know it means um medicine wheel because and the feathers and it just it's just everything that teepee treats is about your last event there you fed over how many people in the community and, you know, it's funny because we talk about uh, food as healing. And Trent and I used to party. I haven't, dr- <laughs> I haven't, I haven't drank in about 13 years-ish or something. It's only been three for me. But. Yeah, but, we, you know, we used to, we used to party hard. Yeah. And one of the things that we used to kind of enjoy on the Sunday was hangover soup. <laughs> as, as people know what that is. But... At the uh, at the event when when you know you you fed all the people, we had a woman who was coming down off of drugs, and um, or she was going into a little bit of a fit, and when he handed her the food, she seemed to calm down and go to the wall and and enjoy the music and the food. So talk about talk about that, yeah, how that how that was, yeah. So yeah, at this event, uh, we call it TP treats given back to the street. So. Every year, um, we we give back to streets by uh, the community uh, donating. They we get a bunch of donations together, uh, uh, clothing. We do like a clothing drive. Yeah. Um, we 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 do like free soup and bannock and and burgers and whatever else. You entertainment. Know. And, and 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 entertainment was a really big thing this year. It was amazing. Um, yeah, so everything that's that that is there is either free or you know like uh, sponsored. So we had a sponsor this year from Astem Autos. They paid for the venue, um, you know, and and it really helps when the community comes together to feed the less fortunate, you know, because what we did there was like bring community together, not only just uh, businesses and whatnot, but um, you know, the community that's living in the rough, you know, the, our brothers and sisters that are out there struggling on the streets, you know, those are the ones that really need that help during this time. And, any, and you know, any time I was once out there where I, where I was like, you know, struggling out on the street or I was living from couch to couch or I was, you know, uh, residential schools has a big uh, part in this, you know, because a lot of them are, are survivors of residential school. A lot of them are, you know, addicted to drugs and alcohol. And um, the one lady that was there, she was really, uh, I think she was coming down off drugs and she, she just, um, she started to like, I don't know, she was screaming out and she was, you know, and, and I told Buddy, you know, not to like, you know, not, not to like be aggressive towards her. So I said, well, I'm going to go grab, I'll grab her something to eat. So I went and grabbed a Bannock burger. Yep. 
and I, and I just said, here, have some to eat to go sit down, like calmly, you know, mm-hmm. like, and she grabbed it and she went and sat over the wall where, where, um, where he was playing his, uh, he was getting ready to play his flute and drum. I yeah. Think it was. Yeah. yeah. He was <laughs> getting drum. Yeah. the drum. He was getting ready to drum. And as soon as she, you know, she was going to eat that, the drum went and she just kind of, she slid down the wall like this <laughs> on her back and she ate and she just, the drum and the food just totally just like calmed her right down. Yeah. More than any restraint or any police could have done, I think that, you know, it goes to show you how, you know, food and music and community is our medicine in our in our community. And, you know, it's important, you know, and, and here we are doing this uh, for men's health. And I just got like one more question for you on my part is how important do you think it is to have, uh, you know, a men's collective almost or or men celebrating men or men's programs, uh, you know, because we do see a lot of programs for our indigenous women. So I think it's, you know, important for us to, to see that for our men, but we can't expect our women to run these. We have to be able to do it ourselves. But I just want to know your opinion on, you know, men's programs and, and, you know, things like this, like a men's podcast. I think it's very important um, that men support each other, you know, especially uh, men that have families and, you don't you don't understand like what a person is going through you know like especially uh, a work like working man that has like you know bills to pay groceries to get you know uh, kids to feed and and you know a lot of them are dealing with addictions um, still to this day um, you know it, it's it's very important to to get more like men's programs like a, a collective, you know, and, and this podcast like this, um, I myself was thinking of, I think it was like last week or two weeks of starting a drum, a drum group or a drum, um, like practice at, at our building there oh, at Colab. Beautiful. And it's got a nice space there. I mean, um, I just had to talk to Colab and see what they think about that. Um, you know, I just, I just think, I know a lot of women, like, there is a lot of women programs. There just needs to be more men, you know, and, and young, young, uh, our young men need to be guided in, in a good way and, and not always have to, like, go through hoops and go through this and that. But, you know, our Native men that are older need to help our younger men. Yeah, I totally agree. Trent, do you have any uh, other questions or anything? I'm just thinking about what you just said. Okay, I do. I do have something since yeah. since this popped up. Me, my my fucking squirrely brain. Oops, excuse me. Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> you went to Palmakers twice. There's a praying space in there. Yep. Right. So I'm one of the th- things that I I wanted to know about is there's not too many places for Indigenous people to pray. Besides treatment centers, yeah, right, what yeah. is your opinion on having a center just like Palm Makers right in the heart of Edmonton and every major city that's a safe place to pray for people that are not going through a treatment program? I think, yeah, that, that would be a wonderful idea. It would, be, it would help so many people um, that 
you know, a lot of them don't know how to pray. You know, they don't know how to, like, you know, pray to the Creator or whoever. Like, it's, it's because what happened in residential school that, you know, really affected their way of living, right? And it, it kind of made a, a boomerang effect onto, like, the younger people. So, I mean, that would be a really great idea. If, if you know, because for me, uh, Poundmakers Lodge and, like, the, um, the sweats where, where I go pray is where I, I made the, the most healing, you know, because I'm by myself and I could pray. Well, I'm not by myself, but you're in there, you know, with people, but sitting in the dark and, and praying, um, you kind of feel like you're by yourself, but people that... I didn't really understand at first what how it was about, but the spirits are there also with you. I didn't know that before. And when I when I felt their presence while being in there, it really changed my life, you know. And it really, really helped me to where I am at right now, because when you pray, everything you pray for happens. It just doesn't happen right away. It happens whenever. It could be tomorrow. It could be five, ten years from now, you know, and, and those prayers um, that I prayed for at Poundmakers, everything I have prayed for, I've got it now. Beautiful, yeah. And it and it's really healing, and it's really something that um, that is needed, especially in our centers, in the, in, the, in the downtown centers. Yes, in our in our centers, because a lot of indigenous people can't make it out. To the reserve, and then also, I think we need to change our mindset as Indigenous people, thinking that we have to be out on our own land. We yeah. should be able to do sweats right here, just like people are able to go to church. How many different places are there pe- for people to pray? Uh, uh, you know, compared to Indigenous people, I think we should have the same opportunity, a safe place to pray that's also taken care of. You know. Indoor and outdoor, you know. So, yeah, it's just uh, I I thought I would ask you about that. Yep. I just want to do a quick recap for people that maybe are just going to join us. So, Curtis, you started selling Bannock out of your backpack in 2010. You overcame addictions. You overcame homelessness. You started teepee treats out of – it was a a trailer, wasn't it, (laughs) at first? Well, like – well, I mean, you were in I, your apartment, I, then you moved on to a, a trailer, yeah. was it not? Or Yeah, so I worked with uh, Nate, uh, Nate Delights yeah. for three years, and then I, I started doing my own thing out of my, my house. Um, I eventually moved into a house That's how it works, where, yeah. where I started uh, like catering out of there first. In uh, 2018 is when I got my license for uh, TP Treats, and, and from there we've just been like killing it with the, with the Bannock. And, and stuff. now you have the sit-down restaurant. Give the address for everybody so yeah, they know. Uh, our dine-in location is at 9641-102A Ave, uh, downtown Edmonton. Okay, so anything's possible. Like, you guys, like, listen to that list. He started selling something out of his backpack. Now he's got a restaurant. He employs people. He gives back to the community. Is there anything you want to say to anybody before we leave or like just any positive words for people that are trying to figure uh, this shit out? I mean, stuff I would up. just say like, you know, uh, do what you love to do. Uh, work hard at what you love to do and don't give up. You know, that those are the three most important things uh, that any anybody could do in their life. And, and you know, at first it's going to be 
very hard, but uh, once you get through the hard part, you know, things will uh, fall into place and it'll be smooth sailing from there. That's right. Nothing worth doing is easy. Nope. That's right. Nope. Uncles for uncles, men celebrating men's achievements. And that's what this is about. And, you know, we're going to be celebrating many different guests and we're so excited to be able to do this. Thank you so much for coming in today, Curtis. Yes, thank you guys for having me. And Curtis yeah. Cardinal is definitely a deadly uncle. There you I'm go. A deadly uncle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you. You're listening to the Deadly Uncle Podcast. A safe space for deadly uncle conversations.